Hey guys. Halo. Hey KK. Hey creepies. Welcome back to another horror wine and crime. And it is our it's our Halloween episode. Happy Halloween. Yes. Hopefully you guys are listening this to this on Halloween. Um if not, I hope you guys had a good Halloween if you're listening to it after. Um low any fun Halloween plans you're gonna trick or treat um i don't know for sure um it's not gonna be here oh he's not no um so there's that which we talked about having him put his michael meyer costume on again and pull him in some kind of trailer or whatever yeah we're in a new city this year our block does not have trick-or-treaters um, because of the dead-end street okay yeah and our houses are kind of far and few between right so i think i'm just going to take the kids and uh drive over to the subdivision down there park the car and let them walk if they want nice yeah if they if they don't want to trick-or-treat because they're getting a little older then maybe we can just put our costumes on and just kind of walk up and down downtown or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because they'll have a lot going on. So we'll get into something and then come back. And traditionally, we have to watch the very first Halloween movie. Nice, nice. I like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, taking it back from watching the newest one <laughs> a couple weekends ago. <laughs> Yeah, I got to reboot my brain from that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to get back into the uh, love for the Halloween franchise after that one. <laughs> I did watch Practical Magic yesterday. Oh. And I even convinced a hubby to watch it with me. <gasps> Yay. Um, I told Had he seen it, it was... before? No. And uh, it's actually funny because I'm like, dude, he's like, as like, it's Sandra Bullock, which is his one of his crushes. Okay. And I was like, and Nicole Kidman. So whoop, whoop, double hotties. And he's like, I don't know if I'm really, you know, kidding Nicole Kidman. I was like, are you kidding me? She's like badass, right? Yeah. And that, you know, in that movie, it's the 90s. So way back when. And uh, so we're watching and she does like her little seductive scene, you know. And, oh, yeah. Like, you know, and the part's like, well, she, I love the part where she's like, uh, I'm back. Or she said, and she's like, Ooh, ladies, watch out for your husband. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or watch your husbands or whatever she says. Yes, iconic and, line. Uh, so we're like, you know, okay. But when, before we went to watch it, I was like, he wanted to watch The Good Doctor, which I've heard a lot of good show uh, things about that show. But I'm like, that's not really Halloween-y. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, you guys should start that good. after after the Halloween season. So he's like, okay. I said, it's not as chick flicky as you think it is. You know, I was like, there's some stuff in this, but it's a comedy. I said, there's actually some not over the top dark, but some darker stuff in it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so we watched it. And then I was like, well, I was like, did you hate it? And he's like, no, he's like, it was actually pretty good. He's like, but there was a couple scenes that was very chick flicky. I was like, oh, dear God. <laughs> I was like, okay. So we're laughing. And then he's like, so, uh, you want to go upstairs and i was like well are you gonna be thinking about sandra bullock now just because you watched this movie just because she was on the tv screen and he just looked at me as like 
because I totally will be. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he started laughing. He's like, oh, my God. Because when it first started, he's like, I'm so glad you're with me. He's like, because you'd be. What do you say? Oh, he's like, because you have the worst taste in women. Because I said that uh, Nicole Kidman was hot. What? I feel like so many men love Nicole Kidman. Oh my God. And she's like so badass. Yeah. I love her. She's awesome. But yeah, overall, he liked liked the movie. I have to watch that. I I have not watched it yet this year. Um, And that's one that I definitely like to watch like around every Halloween. We watched it last year together. Mm -hmm. We We watched it last year together. Um. But it's so good. Yeah, I need to I need to watch that one. Yeah, I haven't watched a ton of like Halloween movies this year. I uh I told Pat I was gonna whisper in his ear Midnight Margaritas. Yeah. I was like, but I don't think I can do Midnight Margaritas because margaritas I think make my stomach hurt now. Yeah, then it wouldn't be a pleasant, a pleasant night. <laughs> can we do like midnight mimosas? There you go. <laughs> Put your own spin on it, you know? <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, and on Saturday, um, if we did not see you guys, we were at Spirit Halloween. Um, we had a little a little booth, little table set up with our raffles. Um, we met some some cool people, sold some tickets, gave away some baskets. Um, it was a good time, and the weather did not disappoint it was like amazing how we lucked out on the weather oh absolutely it was a little windy but i'm not going to complain about it but other than that no it was perfect weather um my daughter came with us and i think she actually helped sell some tickets by her aggressiveness oh my gosh yeah she she put her all into it. She put her energy into it. <laughs> she was holding a sign that said horror, wine, and crime. And she's like, raffles, get your raffle. Get your raffles, people. It's a <laughs> dollar. What dollar? <laughs> and people would actually turn around and laugh. And they're like, oh, my God. They're like coming over. They're like, okay, we have to donate because this aggressiveness is amazing. Yes. So she, she helped buy some tickets. And we passed out cards and met cutest little girl oh my gosh yes who ended up being one of our three winners yes so jasmine you're not listening to this because you're like two three (laughs) but if jasmine's mom is listening to this your daughter is so cute she put her ticket into the basket that she wanted and then she's just staring at it and she almost like started to get all teary-eyed because they thought they were buying it they didn't realize it was a contest and when I called, I didn't know who it was. I just said, hi, you know, Jasmine won the contest. So the next day when I went to meet back at the store to give them their prizes, she walked up and I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad it's you. <laughs> and she gave me like the cutest little hug around my leg. I was like, oh, it oh, melted my heart. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, Crystal's going to be so sad that she's missing this. I was, but I was so happy that it was her because, yeah, her little face when she was walking away, like, wait, I'm not getting this now. I felt so bad. So I'm so glad that she won. And it probably just made it like that much more exciting for her to be like, you know, oh, my gosh, I won the prize. (laughs) 
Yeah, maybe next year we'll have candy or something to pass out when people donate. We can give like little dum dum suckers to kids or something, yeah, plastic rings, something for these kids. Consolation to take away. prize. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then what's his name? Joseph. Joe, I think was one of them. Joseph. Yeah. Um, we won't say the last name because we didn't get consent, and he's a minor. So. Yeah, um, we'll just stick on a first name basis. And then. We met a cool dude, not even sure his first name, but we chit-chatted with him and we were, you know, joking around about how come we're not drinking our wine at the table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's like, oh, I'm going to put this one in for my daughter, Legacy. And her name came up. So that was pretty cool. I was really glad to see like the little kids were winning. So Yeah, definitely. And they looked so exciting, like excited putting the tickets in. So the fact that they won is like makes it even better so it was a fun time um if you have a company or a place and you want to host doing a november or december place that we can sit at inside let us know let's collaborate yes. let's do something again yes so, yes and we can use uh oh haunted christmas love that um if you have products or anything too we can um add them to the to the giveaway also so hit us up on our email. Um, and hello to Dax. So we do not forget to. Yeah, he, uh, he forgot to stop by the booth, but that's okay. He's probably busy. Yeah, I was really, I was expecting him. Um, so I was kind of disappointed when he didn't show. But it's okay. I, I mean, we'll forgive him. He's He's got to be a busy guy, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and today, in the spirit of Halloween, we are drinking some Witch's Brew Spiced Apple Wine. Um, so keeping it festive for the holiday season. <laughs> Gotta love the spicy spice. Oh, yeah. Doesn't get old, you know. I feel like I have only drank Witch's Brew wine during Halloween. Does it only come out during Halloween? That probably would make sense. There is a witch's brew, but I think some flavors are out during Halloween, but you can get it all year. Okay, okay. Because I was like, I've only ever had it during Halloween time, but like I enjoy it where I, I would totally drink it like, you know, during the spring and summer also. We'll have to get that apple pie one again, too. That was a good <sighs> one. That was so good. Yeah, that was that was very good. We, we need to have another sleepover. I know. Have a, We'll have like a wine tasting. We'll have like different wines that we that we taste out <laughs> um and then also to kind of go with the halloween <laughs> did you just hear my dog fart i did not <laughs> i totally just ripped one <laughs> but you should totally leave this in okay i will <laughs> If you heard that, guys, it was not me. It was my dog who's sitting right behind me. <laughs> it who basically his ass is in my face, pretty much. So I was gonna like, say right, his right ass is like, right he's like just totally sprayed you. Oh gosh, thanks, Brooks. Thanks, and he doesn't even flinch. My dog farts once in a while, but my dog is the biggest burper. She burps. She does burp a lot. I've I've heard her burp quite a few times, like, and she'll just go, Bleh. yeah, and then she like, <laughs> like look her jawline with her to her tongue, yeah. and I'm like, you good? 
she's like she doesn't look she's just like so proud <laughs> was that good okay she's like you hear that mom did you hear that one <laughs> yeah he never really burps but he does far a lot he he's very gassy um wow. okay so as i was saying before my dog rudely <laughs> interrupted us um Kind of to stick with the Halloween theme this week, we are going to be talking about some of the most haunted places in the world. <laughs> so basically, this is a list of all the places that I will not be going to. <laughs> Unless I'm like really, really bold one day. <laughs> So kicking it off with number one on our list, we have Rainham Hall, Norfolk, England. So this story is about um, someone that they call the Brown Lady of Rainham Hall. And it is a ghost that reportedly haunts Rainham Hall in Norfolk, England. It became one of the most famous hauntings in the United Kingdom when photographers from um, a magazine called Country Life claimed to have captured its image. Um, the brown lady is named that because of the brown, like old timey dress that she's claimed to be seen wearing. Um, according to the legend, the brown lady is the ghost of Dorothy Walpole. Um, she was born in 1686 and died in 1726. So taking it back to ancient times with this one. She was the sister of Robert Walpole, generally regarded as the first prime minister of Great Britain. And she was the second wife of Charles Townshend, who was the second Viscount Townshend, who was I guess, notorious for his violent temper. Now, the story says that when Townshend discovered that his wife had committed adultery with Lord Wharton, scandalous, um, he punished her by locking her in her room in the family home in Rainham Hall. Now, before we go on, I have to say, with all these viscounts and lords and adultery, like I feel like this is like an episode of Bridgerton in my. Oh my mind. god! I was just <laughs> thinking that. I swear right? that that was going to be my comment. Like when you were done with your story, <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god! I feel like I wanted to be also like XOXO. Right, it's giving those vibes. I'm like, ooh, this is like a juicy story. Um. <laughs> A true juicy story from the 16 to 1700s, and I'm here for it. Um, so according to Mary Wortley Montague, Dorothy was in fact entrapped by the Countess of Wharton. She invited Dorothy over to stay for a few days, knowing that her husband would never allow her to leave and not even allow her to see her children. She remained at Raintham Hall until her death in 1726, which was from smallpox. So she was basically a prisoner in her own home because of her husband, um, because he was just, I guess, so angry about the cheating that went on. I don't think divorces were like a big thing back then. <laughs> so 
um, and also women's rights. So she, I don't think she had too much of an option, sadly. So the first recorded claim of a sighting of the ghost was by a woman named Lucia C. Stone concerning a gathering at Rantham Hall in the Christmas of 1835. Stone says that Charles Townshend had invited various guests to the hall, including a colonial Loftus to join in the Christmas festivities that were going on. And Loftus and another guest named Hawkins said that they had seen the, quote, brown lady one night as they approached their bedrooms, noting in particular the dated brown dress that she was wearing. Now, the following evening, Loftus claimed to have seen the brown lady again. Later reporting on this occasion, he was drawn to the figure's empty eye sockets, dark in the glowing face. Um, And his sightings led to some staff permanently leaving the hall, which I don't blame them. I mean, that sounds horrifying, the fact that I mean, not only that the ghost is walking around in like the old timey dress and everything, but also that she had like empty eye sockets and like a dark glowing face. Like that sounds horrifying. I would quit my job also (laughs) if I was them. Now, the next sighting was made in 1836 by Captain Frederick Marriott. Um, a friend of novelist Charles Dickens and the author of a series of popular sea novels. Um, It is said that Marriott requested that he spend the night in the haunted room at the hall to prove his theory that the haunted like room was caused by local smugglers anxious to keep people away from the area. Um, So he basically wanted to stay there to prove the theory wrong and be like, okay, no, there's, there's no actual ghost here. It's just people trying to like keep other people away from this area. Um, so writing in 1891, Florence Marriott said of her father's experience, he took possession of the room in which the portrait of the apparition hung and in which she had been often seen and slept each night with a loaded revolver under his pillow. For two days, however, he saw nothing, and then the third was to be the limit of his stay. On the third night, however, two young men knocked at his door as he was undressing to go to bed and asked him to step over their room, um, I guess which was at the other end of the corridor, and give them his opinion on a new gun that they had just gotten from London. She says, my father was in his shirt and trousers, but as the hour was late and everybody had retired to rest except themselves, he prepared to accompany them as he was. As they were leaving the room, he caught up his revolver. Um, They said, he said, like, in case you meet the brown lady, he's bringing the revolver. And then they kind of laughed it off. Um, And when the inspection of the gun was over, the young men in the same spirit declared that they would accompany her father back again so the three men therefore returned kind of back into their own rooms so the corridor was long and dark and the lights had been extinguished um, but as they reached the middle of it they saw the glimmer of a lamp coming towards them from the other end 
One of the ladies going to visit the nurseries whispered the young Townsend's to her father. Now the bedroom doors in that corridor faced each other and each room had a double door with like a space between it. Um, as I guess in many cases, old fashioned houses had at that point, she says, my father, as I have said, was in shirt and trousers only and his native modesty made him feel uncomfortable. So he slipped within one of the outer doors in order to conceal himself until the lady should have passed by. I have heard him describe how he watched her approaching nearer and nearer through the chink of the door until, as she was close enough for him to distinguish the colors and style of her costume, he recognized the figure as what appeared to be in the portrait of the brown lady. So it was the ghost right in front of his face. He had his finger on the trigger of his revolver and was about to demand this spirit to stop and give the reason for its presence. And when the figure kind of halted there and kind of stopped before the door behind him, um, he was like holding the lighted lamp she was carrying. um, And I guess she grinned in a malicious and diabolical manner at him. Which is so creepy. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I under like I guess he's like scared, obviously. Um, but like I don't know what he expected the gun to do for a ghost. <laughs> I don't think that that would have worked for her because she was already dead. Um, but the grinning is really what gets me the most. That's just so creepy. It's like that. Um new movie smile or whatever it's called i don't know i haven't watched it but it looks really creepy where like they just i kind of i think that's kind of like you give her props like you're gonna lock me in a basement till i die oh my i'm back and scare the crap out of you yeah that's true like she was probably it's probably her form of entertainment because she's just been so bored like for so many years (laughs) i would probably do that too Um, so the next sighting was in 1926, um, where a lady and her son with his friend claimed to have seen the ghost on the staircase, identifying the ghostly figure with the portrait of Lady Dorothy Walpole, which then hung in the haunted room. Um, and there's been quite a few other sightings as well the one that kind of got this whole thing going like i said was the country life magazine so this happened in september 19th 1936 from captain hubert c provand uh, who was a london-based photographer working for the magazine and his assistant indre shira they were taking photographs of Raynham Hall for an article and they claimed that they already taken a photograph of the hall's main staircase and were setting up to take a second when Shira saw a quote vapory form gradually assuming the appearance of a woman moving down the stairs towards them under Shira's direction Provan he like quickly took the cap off of the lens while Shira pressed the like camera button to get the flash going 
And later when like the negative was developed, the famous image of the brown lady was revealed um, and the account of Proven and Shira's ghostly experience at the hall was published in the magazine on December 26, 1936, along with the photograph of the brown lady. So that is definitely one of the most haunted places, I mean, in the world, but also in England. Um, a lot of people know about that. And yeah, honestly, a sad story, like the backstory of it, like the fact that she was locked there for so many years. That's what is sad to me about it. Um, and then also that she looks so scary now as a ghost, <laughs> supposedly. <laughs> so I definitely will not be going there. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she's just like a badass ghost. Like a, she's a bad bitch. That's true. She could be. She rules. She rules that hall now that she's free. Well, I guess I don't because know if she's free. I feel like back in the day to like. Okay, women were supposed to be ladies, but I feel like in the 1800s, everybody just cheated on it. Everybody had mistresses and misters. And... Yeah. Like, it was probably weird. There was no know. Instagram or no Facebook to, like, catch cheating, you know? There were no text right? messages to go through. <laughs> well, I'm going to take us to Venice, Italy. Ooh. Or outside of it, Poveglia. 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 <laughs> so, a short trip from Venice, the beautiful island of Poveglia was once quarantine zone for people suffering from a plague. In addition, the island was used for an sale asylum in the early 20th century. Uh, ghost hunters claim that the spot is a hotbed of paranormal activity, but visits are currently prohibited put the word prohibited and you're going to get people wanting to visit oh for sure um so the island it can be compared to the size of a sheep's meadow in central park or a half of navy pier in chicago it's said to be so evil that you'd be hard pressed to find an italian willing to set foot on the island challenge accepted <laughs> right i'm not italian but yes me neither um Fishermen won't even fish in the area surrounding Poviglia. You can't not say it like that. <laughs> and it was completely off limits to visitors for many years. Now, it wasn't always an evil place, um, but there have been some unspeakable horrors happening there. The island is mentioned in a document dating back to 421 and flourishing economic center with a growing population. During the war, people of Pagoya called Povagalati were evacuated to Venice. When the war was finally over in 1381, Povaglia lay in total devastation and only a few dozen people were able to return home. Despite the construction of one of the octagonal fortresses intended to protect the entrances to the Venetian lagoon, which was abandoned for centuries. It wasn't until the plague hit Venice and it even killed Giovanni Mosangigo, which he was the head of the state. Um, that the idea of the plague island came about that the Venetians wanted to isolate and infected and curb the spread of the disease. 
wonder what that's like. <laughs> I know, I was about to say it sounds familiar. <laughs> there are actually other plague islands in the lagoon. Lazzarato Vecchio has been thoroughly explored, and it's estimated around 500 people died per day there. Archaeologists have studied the skeletons and the remains that belong to the men and women and the children. Dang, that's a lot. 500 per day. They better be getting paid overtime. I, I know. It's thought that around 160,000 people had died in Poveglia, but the island hasn't been fully investigated like, like Lazzarato has been. Um, being taken to the island was a sure death sentence, and people often went kicking and screaming, knowing that they would live out their last of their days in a literal hell. Some say that the soil is mostly made up of ashes and burned victims. Lovely. After the quarantine, anyone exhibiting symptoms of the plague, Napoleon used it to store weapons. He also had the 12th century church destroyed and the church's bell tower was converted into a lighthouse. Eventually, Napoleon's enemies discovered he was storing weapons on the island, and many battles took place on it, claiming even more lives. Because, you know, the plague's not enough. Right, yeah, let's add more to that. The mental hospital was opened on Poveglia in 1922. The mental hospital's existence is confirmed by the sign that reads, Rapardo Psychiatra? Psychiatra? I'm guessing that means like a psychiatra. Yeah, like a psychiatric ward or whatever. And the sign on the building is still there to this day. Um, And the rest of the events that occurred there, as told by locals, read more like a figment of Hollywood's imagination. The patients already considered to have lost their marbles, regularly reported seeing the ghost of the plague victims and say they were kept up all night from screams of the tortured souls. Their claims were ignored. As if not already strange enough, the doctor at the mental hospital decided to try to find a cure for the insanity by performing a lobotomy on the patients. The tales say that he used cruel methods to perform them such as using hand drills. Some of the odd machines can still be seen in the rooms of the hospital today. I mean, this one I kind of want to go to, okay? I'm not going to lie. I know. I feel like it would be pretty interesting, actually. It's like Italian's version of Eloise. Yes, exactly. It's also said that a number of patients were taken to the bell tower where they were subjected to a special kind of torture. But we'll never know for sure what exactly occurred there because, and I'm going to tell you why. Why is that? <laughs> the doctor eventually threw himself from the bell tower, claiming just before the patients had driven him mad. A nurse said that he she had witnessed the whole event, but it's unclear whether the doctor did in fact kill himself or whether someone else threw him from the bell tower. In 1968, after the doctor's death, the hospital was closed and the island was once again completely abandoned. A few people have set foot on the property since 1968 as it's completely off limits for visitors. 
paranormal shows like Ghost Adventures and Scariest Place on Earth, Earth both got permission to visit the island and film there. So we can see it on TV. Yes. Um, it's funny because the end of that reminded me of, um, was it last week or the week before when we talked about like some of the minor celebrities that went. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the guy that just like threw his landlord off killed the cat and then jumped off the cliff or out the window or whatever i just although, sorry go ahead although this one didn't say he took out any animals he just took himself out i wonder i my money's on someone pushed him because yeah. they were like oh it's unclear because if i was a patient there and i was being tortured by this man i would push him out too but um it's funny the celebrity you just mentioned i can't remember his name at the moment but i just saw a tiktok and someone said that, like, the whole story about how, like, the landlord and everything and how he mm-hmm. jumped out. Um, and I didn't realize that it was him because I didn't recognize the name. But he was in a movie that I used to watch all the time. It was, like, a Hillary Duff movie when I was, like, 12 that I would watch all the time. Was it the one that was from Son of Anarchy? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. I never watched that show, but I, I think that it might have been him. Okay. You um, were going to investigate that because you did not like that he took out the cat? Yeah, I don't. I still just don't understand what the point of the cat killing was. I mean, yes, and the landlord also, but <laughs> but like, why the cat, too? Um, If you guys didn't hear that full story, go listen. Um, It was two episodes ago um where we kind of talked about that but yeah crazy celebrity murder stories you got to check that out (laughs) but yeah this island um i would definitely be interested in going to visit i know that it's not allowed but it just seems like it'd be cool (laughs) like to go walk around and like look in the building and everything except the fact that like the ground is like dead body ashes maybe i don't want to walk around on that actually that does sound kind of like really dark <laughs> when you really think about it <laughs> i smell like the, the old crazy psychiatric yeah just asylum. just the asylum um the whole town i don't know if i'd want to walk around <laughs> but number three we have the ancient ram inn in Watton Under Edge, England. So bringing it back to England for this one. Um, this 12th century inn is one of the oldest in the Western world. It is believed to have once been a pagan burial ground and boasts that is haunted by more than 20 spirits, including ghost children and a pagan high priestess. Built in 1145 the ancient ram inn is a former priest's residence um it's an inn and public house it is also the oldest building in england's watton under edge and long before the building's construction its story begins in the low-lying wetlands near potter's pond so this land sits on the intersection of two ley lines Areas that certain people believe contain significantly high spiritual energy. 
Um, Using a map, these lines can be traced directly to England's most famous sacred site, which is Stonehenge. And legend has it that the energy from Stonehenge travels the ley lines to feed the property's paranormal power. Um, Additionally, the site is home to a 5,000-year-old pagan burial ground. So there's a lot of energy, spiritual energy going around this area. Um, The building first housed masons, slaves, and workers who were constructing St. Mary's Church, located directly across the street from the ancient Ram Inn. Uh, Streams on the inn's ground had to be diverted from the church's site. Many believe that like the redirecting of the water on the ancient Ram site opened up a portal for dark energy i guess with like the ley lines and everything that had happened there um people believed that having the water be right on this created like some sort of portal i guess so one of the most well-known legends surrounding this haunted english house is that of a witch who was burned at the stake The burning occurred in the 1500s at the height of prosecutions against those who did not practice government-sanctioned Christianity. Many believed this woman's spirit still haunts one of the ancient Ram Inn's room because she took refuge there shortly before she was captured and killed. Um, And today, this room is still like open and it's called the Witch's Room. Um, which is pretty cool. So in the late 1960s, a man named John Humphreys protected the building and its story by bravely making the ancient ran in his home. Um, he bought the house in 1968 and he was introduced to the angry ghosts his first night in his new home. After going to sleep, he claims a demonic force grabbed his arm and dragged him out of bed and across the room. So John is now in his 80s and is the only living occupant of the ancient Ram Inn. He has dedicated the later years of his life to preserving this old building and its cost it's cost him nearly everything his wife and three daughters left him and this haunted old building um because he was so dedicated to safeguarding it um that he pretty much like lost his family over dedicating his time and energy to it um inside his home he has found evidence of ritual sacrifice and devil worship Even more disturbing, he discovered the skeletal remains of children under the staircase. Within the skeletons were found broken daggers, which he believes were used in a deadly ritual and then broken so that they could never be used again. Um, John Humphreys claims that he continues to be haunted and attacked by the violent entities residing in the ancient Ram Inn. Um. Which is so wild that he chooses to stay there when he, like, is tortured and he's lost his family. Like, the fact that he's so dedicated to, like, protecting this property is kind of crazy to me when it's, like, ruined his life, basically. 
Yeah, when something reaches out and grabs my arm, I'm pretty much done. Yeah, and then drags you across the room. I'm like, I'm peacing out forever. Goodbye. Yeah, I, I just have visuals of the paranormal activity. The first one, and she's like being dragged across the room. That's literally like off, like exactly off her what I thought. Yes, that's exactly what I thought. Like that's horrifying. Like to even feel like you got like tapped or something is like oh, creepy. Oh, but like yeah. to be freaking dragged, that's a whole other level okay well we're gonna take it to the u.s Ooh. we're coming home well we're coming home <laughs> kind not of not really home home but u.s home yeah <laughs> so the queen mary and this is in long beach california so this beautiful ocean liner spent 30 years at sea before permanently docking in long beach it has become a tourist attraction. During her tenure, she logged more than 50 deaths, which makes her a truly haunted ship. Over the years of the sightings of the apparition's haunting, the Queen Mary ship have increased to quite a number. The Queen Mary ship, once a premium ocean liner that sailed the North Atlantic Ocean between 1930 to 1960s, is now a famous world tourist attraction not just because of its fairy history, but because of the paranormal guests that are supposed to be aboard and haunting it. The Korean Mary luxury liner sailed its maiden voyage in 1936 from Southampton in England to Cherbourg in France to New York in the US. During the World War II, the Queen Mary ship ferried troops instead of catering to tourists, keeping in mind that the topmost priority, well, that would be the troops. The fastest ship of its era, reaching a size of up to a thousand feet long, the Queen Mary ship plied its last voyage in 1967. And after that has been docked in Long Beach, California as a permanent tourist attraction. Now here's where the most exciting aspects of the Queen Mary ship begins. Her haunt history, well, these days, the Queen Mary ship is not just known for normal human beings visiting the former renderer and luxury of the cruise liner, but also for ghosts that are said to be haunting in its rooms, pools, and hallways. Can you imagine, like, you're just swimming and then also, like, a skull is, like, right next to you, like, poltergeist that just start popping up? That's what I was thinking. I'm like, the pools. Oh, my gosh. I never thought about, like, being haunted while you're, like, in a pool. <laughs> Unless your jaws and one's on. True. <laughs> there have been numerous sightings by tourists who have seen various apparitions and events that generally could not have taken place in a ship that has been defunct for over 40 years. Now, there have been reports of over 150 ghosts in the Queen Mary ship, and going by the regularity of the sightings of these paranormal beings. There seems to be a lot of truth in them. People seem to have experienced drastic temperature changes, and when they entered certain parts of the ship, such as the second-class pool and the haunted stateroom, the shaft alley, and the adjacent bathroom. The stateroom is said to smell of cigars and perfume. Sometimes another weird phenomenon is the creaking of the doors, knocks, sudden squeals, laughter, sounds of people talking, 
whistling, and it's usually in an empty room. Creepy. <laughs> As in every ghost story, while there have been sightings and hearings of light being switched on and off, the laughter coming from a room. In case of the Queen Mary ship, there have been other incidents too, which have been noted as being out of the ordinary. A sighting of a crewman in blue coveralls whose face is bearded in a regular apparition, this ghost's appearance refers to a well-known incident in the Queen Mary's ship where a fireman was killed by getting crushed underneath a watertight door during a regular fire drill. This apparition is one of the same crew members who was killed and now haunts the doorway, which has which was responsible for his death in the first place. The appearance of wet footprints on the floor near the first class swimming pool when no swimming activity can be possible in the first place. It is also a spooky happening that tourists have mentioned quite often. Apart from these two events, children crying and laughing in the third class playroom nursery and sightings of a little girl who drowned in the second class swimming pool have also been reported. It is said that the ghosts of an engineer who died in an engine room, a woman wearing a white clothes, and the children near the first class pool who are also seen by visitors. Hence, Time Magazine voted the Queen Mary as one of the most haunted places in America. The haunted encounters on the ship leave people awestruck and amazed. The thought of ghosts hovering in the vicinity where people continue to visit and thrive does create a sense of uneasiness and skepticalism. Man, I don't know. Like, that's, it sounds so cool, but like, it's one thing to go to a haunted hotel where you can just run out on the street. When you're in a boat, you can't run nowhere. You can't jump well, in the water. It's not like. Well, I know, but I meant like when it was like actually running and stuff, like there's nowhere to go. Like, how scary. <laughs> and I like how they got like first class pools. Uh, second-class pool. Like, I know. They really divided class, it up. You're a first-class pool victim. <laughs> you're a second-class pool victim. I know. They're like the little girl who drowned in the second-class swimming pool. <laughs> like, dang. They had to do her like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would, that would be... I mean, it would be really cool. And clearly, there's a lot of stuff happening there where people are, like, reporting sightings and stuff. Um, so I don't know. I would be interested in, I'm sure there's been like shows of people, you know, ghost hunters who have gone there and stuff. So I'd be interested to watch that, but that could be like a cool place to visit one day. Definitely. Maybe not sleep on, but maybe just like take a tour of our bucket list. Yeah. We'll just, we'll make sure we like take a tour of that one day. Um, go visit Dax and the crew in California. We'll stop there. Yeah, exactly. When, we um are interviewed on his show while we're in California. We'll make that one of our pit stops. <laughs> Maybe we can do a field trip. Get like Dax, Kristen, Monica, Rabbit. We'll take we'll do a road trip in their RV that they road trip in all the time. <laughs> Best friend here on Weekly. I mean, we know the crew. Come on, guys. We're we're basically like unofficial members of the crew, you know? 
Okay, so number five on the list is Berg Wolfseg in Wolfseg, Germany. This 800-year-old castle in the city of Wolfseg, Germany, is apparently haunted by a woman who scares off any visitors who pass. She's rumored to be the ghost of Clara von Heffelstein, who was reportedly murdered by her jealous husband. So we started off with the jealous husband story and we're finishing it, finishing strong with another jealous husband story. (laughs) (laughs) So it's jealous husbands, man. So Wolfseg is a small remote village in Germany. The talk of the town is Wolfseg Castle. It's a big stone-like home building, not only known for its historic beauty, but also for its ghost stories. Wolfseg Castle dates back to the 13th century. Um, Having stood in town for so long, it has become a major part of the village's landscape and has influenced its surrounding community greatly. It was built by a wealthy man known as Ulrich von Lebier to act as strategic stronghold for that area. Though the castle never had to act as a defensive structure, um, it was important to provide peace of mind for its community um, because the castle mostly acted as lodging for traveling troops. It was later abandoned and left to the community who used it as a shelter for you know families in need, though eventually it was left in desperate need of rejuvenation. So it really kind of took a turn and uh, wasn't looking as pretty as it originally was. Finally, the castle was largely restored by a wealthy and eccentric man. These restoration efforts continue today and are performed largely by a team of volunteers. Um, The most famous ghost story of Wolseg Castle relates to the wife of a man who had it made. Uh, Her name, once again, was Clara von Helfenstein. So legend tells of trouble within the couple's marriage caused by Ulrich's military responsibilities that caused him to constantly be traveling um, traveling for work. So in his absence, Clara would become bored and lonely at the castle. And, you know, she looked to others to fulfill her needs. Wink, wink. Um <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, Clara engaged in an affair, which was later discovered by her husband, Ulrich. And the legend states that Ulrich had her killed one night in her chamber by local men after discovering her adultery. So basically, he hired hitmen before hitmen really were a thing. (laughs) So ever since her murder... Tales of a white woman roaming the halls of the castle, especially within Clara's bedroom area. Um, it started circulating that this was this was a thing happening within the castle. Many believed that this is Clara's spirit and that she is also thought responsible for poltergeist like activity. Um, you know, causing disturbances in electromagnetic fields, producing strange light. anomalies and full-bodied apparition sightings 
Though this legend makes for a rather compelling ghost story, history tells that Clara actually outlived her husband and wasn't victim to murder at his hands. Um, Whatever the truth may be about her death, many still continue to believe that it is her spirit remaining at the castle and the name behind Wolfseg Castle's Lady in White. Um, So basically people think like there was a rumor first going around that she was killed by her husband and that's why her spirit was haunting but apparently like they fact checked it i guess and she outlived her husband but people still think that she is this ghost that people have seen um and that's not the only occurrence that's happened at the castle so another supernatural tale that is often told about wolfseg castle um, is the surroundings, and it's simply referred to as the hole. This hole is said to exist not too far from the castle within part of the forest that surrounds it. It's described as being a deep crevice that was once explored and found to contain large amounts of bones with many of its chambers. Um, and legend states that many people, including old Ulrich and his sons went missing under mysterious circumstances within the forest and they were never to be seen again. Um, Some have speculated that a monster lives within the hole and may be linked to these disappearances. Um, This theory is backed up by claims that strange noises as if from like a beast emanate from the forest and the area around the hole. Um, I have to wonder if people are just like, you know, innocently walking around and they don't see a hole and then they fall in. Like, I feel like that's had to have happened before because if there's just this giant gaping hole in the ground. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that too. Like, even if there was a ghost in the forest, like, how do people just like disappear? Like, how do they take the bodies right yeah i'm like like they're making it sound like there's like this beast that like jumps out and grabs their bodies and takes them in this hole i mean maybe maybe we'll have to go to germany and check it out yeah we'll have to really be watching where we step though (laughs) and i think we have um some germany listeners yes we do so if you know more details or more facts that we did not find, feel free to write us and let us know and we'll read them. Yeah. Correct us. Or if you visited, oh my gosh, we, you have to tell us. We have to hear about your experience. And if you, you know, saw any saw any ghostly beings or felt any weird vibes or anything. So the next one. I'm kind of uh, excited because this is, um, I'll talk about this briefly, but eventually maybe we'll do the full story on it. I know it's been done before, but this is one of the places that I want me and KK to go. Like, this is what we're we're saving to go do a vacation. I'm hoping by maybe next Mm -hmm. summer we can get there. Um, So this is the Lizzie Borden house and it is in Fall River. Massachusetts. Um, I don't know how far away from Boston that is. I'm not sure. 
But if Maddie Moore gets her apartment by then, you know what I'm saying? Oh. Maybe we'll get a little bit of a crash pad. Right there, <laughs> nice. Uh, although I don't know if I can keep up with that girl. Okay. So Lizzie Borden. So this allegedly haunted bed and breakfast is in the site of a gruesome and highly publicized murder that occurred in 1892. Although she was acquitted, Lizzie Borden was suspected of killing her father, stepmother with a hatchet in an unassuming home. Since then, guests have reported the manner of strange sightings in the house, ghost tours, overnight stays are available for intrepid travelers who want to experience the notorious home for themselves. Yes, please. Right. Oh, my gosh. From 1874 to 1892, the house was a property of Andrew Borden, Lizzie's father, who was a member of the Fall River High Society. After Lizzie's trial and acquittal for murdering her father and her stepmother in her home, she bought another house located at 7 French Street that she named Maplecroft. Lizzie lived there until her death on June 1st of 1927. The house number of 92 Second Street was changed to 230 in 1896. It has operated as a bed and breakfast since 1996 under the ownership of Martha McGen, who inherited the house. Martha's grandparents purchased the house on August 4th of 1948, according to Martha McGen. The rumor of Lizzie's stepmother, Abby Borden, was found murdered is the most requested room of the bedrooms at the bed and breakfast. Fall River Historical Society promotes that Lizzie Borden's bed and breakfast as a tourist attraction. If you don't know, here's a brief synopsis of how the story goes. Um, Lizzie Andrew Borden, born July 8, 1860, and died June 1st, 1927, was an American woman tried and acquitted of the August 4th, 1892 axe murders of her father and stepmother in Fall River, Massachusetts. No one else was charged in the murders, and despite asterism from the other residents, Borden spent the remains of her life in Fall River. She died of pneumonia at the age of 66, just days before the death of her older sister, Emma. The Borden murder and trial received widespread publicity throughout the United States, and along with Borden herself, they remain a topic of an American popular culture to the present day. They have been depicted in numerous films, theatrical productions, literature works, and folk rhymes, and are still very well known to the Riverfall era. We could do, like, there's so much to this story that we could do an entire episode on it. <laughs> there is. You know the song, right? Yeah, I don't know it word for word, but, like, it's like... Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her father 40 wax. Wax, yeah. You know what she had done? Gave her mother 41. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I've watched some docos on this. I did watch the movie Christina Ricci played her in one of the... Oh, I didn't see that. We'll have to watch it. I'll watch it again. But yeah, there's this one is hard for me because everybody's like, kind of like in her day, she's kind of like the... Um, 
acknowledge it. Oh, we know she did it. Like, and just got mm -hmm. away with it, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. Like, there's been, like, actual, like, questionable things that makes me think, like, maybe she didn't. Really? Like, okay. Yeah, because they had, like, other guests or other people. I don't know who it was, workers or something, that was documented that was going in and out of the house. And um, okay. then they said it could have been her... I don't know. Well, we'll have to watch the doc. Maybe you'll see or watch the movie and you'll see. Because there was actually, I don't know where I, where I seen it or read it, but it, it really made me think that maybe she didn't do it. Like maybe she legit. I mean, hey, crazier things have happened. I feel like, yeah, like I feel like everybody thinks that she did it, but. I wouldn't be like so shocked to like find out if something else really went on and it was so long ago. It's not like they had like security cameras or like anything to like really help proof or case, you know, like I feel like back then murder trials were probably so hard to like actually solve. Yeah. And I feel like she was probably different. She was probably not the typical, you know, maybe she was kind of like the Wednesday Adams in her day. You know what I mean? Like right. just a little bit of and I use Wednesday because Christian is the chief. Right. Um, <laughs> but just because she was a little like different than all the popular, you know, mm -hmm. she wasn't one of the plastics, you know, doesn't maybe necessarily mean she was a murderer. Um, I don't know. Part of me thinks that maybe she was just kind of quiet and kept to herself and was a little off. But so maybe it was easy to pin it on her because she wasn't, you know. Right. She wasn't like the typical normal. Yeah. Yeah. That's like even like, I mean, that could be the same with like, you know, they used to burn witches at the stake, but like they would do that to people who maybe were just different and they actually weren't even like trying to practice witchcraft or anything that they just use that as like an excuse because they might have been different than like the typical female that they were expected everyone to be back then. So I wouldn't be like super shocked. Um if she didn't, you know, we were at the dinner table today and Pat was chanting, which, which you're a bitch. <laughs> yes. Instead of you're a witch. Right. Which, you're, she's like, you know, movies, he's very impressionable. So, <laughs> right. He's <laughs> got a new saying then. <laughs> that was funnier to say, which, which you're a bitch. You're a bitch. <laughs> I do kind of agree. That is kind of funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but some crazy, crazy haunted places. Um, shout out to some of the sources that these came from: Travel and Leisure Wiki, AmyScript.com, MarineInsight.com, Travel Channel, and LuxAdventureTraveler.com. All the travels. All the travels. So if you guys want to travel to any of these places, except for the one in Venice because that one's off limits. Um, check those websites out and maybe you can book Challenge yourself a accepted. creepy little creepy little trip. <laughs> I said we go to see Queen Mary and then we go to Lizzie Warden. I'm down. Let's just go to California and then to Massachusetts. Right, now. yeah. We'll just go from one side to the other. I'm down. <laughs> and then we'll throw in We'll throw in Italy, we'll throw in Germany, we'll throw in England. <laughs> we'll go like 
around the world in like, I don't know, 80 days. Yeah. <laughs> Clever. I like it. Thanks. <laughs> Um, but yeah, guys, if you if you have any haunted stories that have happened to you or that you want us to read about or share, whatever, send us in. Um, I love to read people's creepy stories that they've experienced. Um, thankfully, I've I haven't experienced anything too crazy ever as far as like paranormal wise. Um, I'm gonna knock on some wood right now because I want to stay that way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to see, like, just out of curiosity, how much it would be for a night at Lizzie Borden's house. Oh, yeah. I wonder if it's so expensive. It's actually, I mean, if me and you split it. Yeah. It's not that bad. I think, like, it was, like, 248 for a night. Oh, that's really actually not that bad. I was I thinking know. it would be, like, uh, like, like, the Jersey Shore house to rent that out is, like, insane. It's, it's like, like, 15 grand for a night or something. Yes. Which is so wild that the Jersey Shore house is more than the Lizzie Borden house. <laughs> uh, sad. Well, it's also different. Um, different vibes. Different I vibes. Love- but I say different eras of when it, you know. Right. Happened. I would love to go to both. <laughs> to either yeah. of those. Maybe we'll have to book it out. Because I mean, I figure if we split the cost for the room... You know, even if we stayed one night there and then maybe one night at a regular hotel, you know, just so we'd have an extra travel day. You know? Right. Yeah. But I mean, splitting, that's like a hundred and something a piece, which that's, that's pretty not- much your average hotel stay wherever mm-hmm. you go. That's not bad at all. That's crazy that it's that affordable. And Lisa's talked about going with us. So she wants to split that three ways. Yeah, it'd be even cheaper so that'd be sick i'm down it's just the the airlines is what we gotta watch right yeah that's where they get you i just gotta see if i you know if i knew a freaking pilot that could help out (laughs) come on what the heck (laughs) you get us a deal (laughs) so it says we arrived at the bed and breakfast at 11 30 tour our tour ride Jay was very attentive to our needs. The gift shop pointing out the bathrooms and gifts for sale. He walked us through the house pointing out all the historical areas. So we'll have to, we'll have to look out for Jay, Mr. It Jay. does got good reviews. It's got like 82% of them are five stars, so 4.7 overall. Uh, that is pretty good. Better than your average hotel review. <laughs> said very knowledgeable but too animated for my taste well you know what debbie downer you debbie downer right you're going to the lizzie Borden house like what do you expect and they gotta kind of make it probably touristy camp you know what i mean oh for sure because then otherwise people might be disappointed you know if there if nothing happens yeah it's not gonna be the same furniture from 1862 like do you really want to sleep on that thin of a board no because <laughs> i don't i don't think they had you know ser- what is it therapeutic or therapeutic therapeutic mattresses <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no um i would not want to sleep on that furniture and they have to make it like an experience otherwise i feel like people would stop being interested in going yeah 
But yeah, that's not bad at all. Maybe, maybe guys, we'll take a trip down there uh, one of these upcoming days and we'll take, we'll, we'll record live from inside Lizzie Borden house. And then we're going to go to Colorado and stay at the Overlook Hotel. Yes. Oh my gosh. And we're going to go to Amityville, but not stay there. Yeah. Cause, cause <laughs> someone's, it's someone's home <laughs> unless they want to host us. <laughs> they wake up and we're just like camping in a tent and they turn their own thing. Good morning, TMA. <laughs> we get the police called on us. <laughs> Uh, I don't know though. Maybe if we hung out here, maybe Ryan Reynolds would show back up. Yeah, you never know. Shirtless, without, you know. His, without his shirt. I was gonna yeah. Say. <laughs> yep, we were on the same page there. <laughs> uh, so my husband's got. I know we got to go, but my husband's got this mustache now. Which, whatever, it's his face. He's, I I, I called it the Tom it. Selleck mustache. He's got it's going not on. Not that thick. It's though, not. So. It's not. But at the table, um, we were talking and he said something. Oh, because he's going to try to get his um, flying instruction license back so he can be a teacher again. Oh, cool. And uh, I said, yeah, so what are you going to walk in there? You might as well put your, because he got a brown leather jacket from his work. I was like, so why don't you put that on and put your aviators on and just walk in there like a freaking goose. Yep. <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, rooster. I'm like, uh, too old. <laughs> He's like, ouch. Well, He's like, that saying. one hurt. That one hurt. <laughs> Corbin's like, uh, Rooster Goose wasn't that old. And I'm like, yeah. And he's also very dead. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. I see it though, uh, you know. It, took, but, it takes dramatic turns on the house very quickly. I love it. Keeps, keeps it interesting, right? <laughs> hope so. Hope so. Hope so. Oh, did you see that? I saw that. My lamp just flickered. It's all the haunted, it's all the haunting uh, stories that we just talked about. No, I got my candles. I don't have a black one, but I got. Or it was the ghost of the ghost of goose. (laughs) Apparently he's saying, don't, don't play. Are you calling me old? (laughs) You calling me old? Guys, thank you so much for listening to uh, our haunted stories. Again, happy Halloween and stay creepy. We've got to go. (laughs) Bye.